Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. everybody welcome to the show i've got a good one for you this week i've got a wonderful interview with a chef that i've known for a long time chef jacob sesums is with me this week from table and uh all day darling and he's branding out the new radical hotel restaurants and we'll talk all about that but speaking of jacob i need to do a correction from i think it was last week or maybe two or three weeks ago i'm not sure I reviewed All Day Darling, and I accidentally or mistakenly said that Jacob and Alicia bought it when it was Todd's Tasties and changed the name to All Day Darling. That's not the case. They bought it a long time ago. I forget what it was named before they bought it, but they named it Todd's Tasties, and then they decided to change the name to All Day Darling. And I actually knew all that, but for some reason, my brain just glitched and I got it all wrong when I was talking about it a few episodes ago. So I apologize for that. Jacob and Alicia own All Day Darling and they owned Todd's Tasties. And we'll talk to Jacob a little bit more in just a little bit. But also, I want to talk about Chow Chow, which happened last weekend. And um, I had mentioned this on a previous show as well when I said I was going to be doing a little, I was monitoring a discussion about non-alcoholic beverages and attending the chow chow tasting, like the grand tasting. And I also kind of went on and on about the future of festivals, especially food festivals. But since then, I have actually attended chow chow and it was great. It was totally fun. Uh, it felt like old times a little bit. It was basically a tent outside, a bunch of a series of tents outside in the middle of Pack Square, uh, on the green, eating people drinking drinks, me drinking non alcoholic drinks, hugging my friends, seeing all kinds of people, meeting uh, new chefs from out of town that came to table from far flung places like Raleigh and Charlotte, and uh, seeing all my chef and cook friends behind the tables as well as my eater and foodie friends in front of the tables and it was just like old times and it was great and the weather was great uh i went on friday and saturday on friday it was a little hot on saturday it was beautiful it was breezy and everything and i i i think that september and october are really the best times to have food have outdoor food festivals and take your chances with rain and stuff like that but that's what tents are for so it was great lots of food food was tasty i can't i can't tell you a favorite dish dairy dairy was there and they were among my favorites dairy is a vegan cheese company it's spelled d-a-r-e and there's an umlaut above the e and it's pronounced dairy i'm not sure what's going on there but i do know that the cheese vegan though it is is quite delicious and uh i 
recommend it very highly. And in fact, I think they won the best cheesemaker award in the Mountain Express. I'll have to check that out. I haven't actually picked up a copy of the best of WNC Mountain Express yet, but I will. And But I heard that Dairy, the vegan cheesemaker, won best cheesemaker in Asheville. And that's not just best vegan cheesemaker, but best cheesemaker. So that's a pretty big deal. Congratulations, Dairy. And uh, their, their treat was or their bite they had two bites one was savory one was sweet the sweet one was particularly delicious they do an awesome job with their vegan cheese check them out online and look for their products around town i know that they have them at botanist and barrel and in fact botanist and barrel has a lot of nice vegan things if you are eating vegan or you're vegan curious or whatever they have some great vegan locks made out of carrots that I like very much. And then they have different kinds of dairy cheese. And they even have two kinds of uh, tinned, quote unquote, seafood that are vegan. And one of them is vegan, quote unquote, snow crab. And the other is white fish. And they're made out of vegetables. And they're delicious, both of them. Uh, so get on into the Botanist and Barrel and have yourself a little vegan feast along with some hard cider and such uh they are located down there on broadway uh right in the middle of downtown Asheville. and speaking of downtown Asheville, y'all this one's for all, all the locals listening i know that most of the people listening a hundred percent of the people listening to the radio show are going to be local or at least they're here and uh but if you're listening on the podcast you're you ain't local maybe but that's okay but I just want to say to my locals that downtown Asheville is waiting for you. It's not as busy this year. Tourism is down by quite a hefty percent. And uh, that's that's kind of fine with me in some ways. I wish it would go up a little bit. But it ain't like it was back in 2018, 2019, when you were just shoulder to shoulder with people. And it was madness. It's much, much better now. So come on down. It's actually kind of empty, empty sometimes. So come on down and uh, have fun in downtown Nashville. It's waiting for you. Uh, all right. And so Chow Chow was great. Festivals, they could make a comeback. I hope so. I think that late fall, I mean, mid fall is probably the best time to have an outdoor festival because of the increasing heat everywhere. We can't ignore the fact that it's getting hotter and hotter every summer. And I've been to plenty plenty of outdoor food events that were blazingly hot, just like as hot as could be. And that's no good. Um, all right, let's get on to our interview and then I'll come back later on in the show and we'll do a whole bunch of reviews. I got a lot of food to talk about. All right. So enjoy, enjoy this interview and I'll talk to you later in the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the studio. And I have a very special guest with me this week. And I know I say that every week, but all of my guests are very special to me. But here's a guy that I have known. <laughs> I have known for a long time now. And his first restaurant, or I think it was your first, Jacob, and I'll introduce you properly in a second. But Jacob's first restaurant 
in Asheville opened, I think, the same exact year that I moved to town. I have here with me Jacob Sassums, Chef Jacob Sassums from Table, All Day Darling, and three new concepts that are about to open in Asheville that we'll talk to the chef about today. Hey, Jacob, how are you, man? Hey, Stu. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, am I right that Table was your first restaurant, or did you own other yeah. restaurants before that? No, Table is the first restaurant that my ex-wife and business partner and I opened in 2005. Is that the year you moved to Asheville? Yes, it is. All right, yes. there you go. Yeah, we, we opened that first version of Table on College Street in 2005. Uh, we then opened there after we opened Todd's Tasties over on Montford, where All Day Darling is now. Um, we had Imperial Life, which is still in operation, but we sold that a couple of years ago. Um, I opened Cultura in 2018, All Day Darling in 2018, um, El Gallo in 2020, which we also sold and has since closed. And then we reopened Table, of course, around the corner on Lexington Avenue in 21. Yeah, Table moved around the corner. It was kind of a cute little Yes. Move. Yeah. And uh, I remember when when I first got to Asheville, I wasn't quite the food aficionado that I am now. I didn't have as much money for one thing, so I couldn't go out to eat as much. But I was kind of a noob. And I remember commenting to my wife, Dawn, when I saw a table, I was like, Dawn, you know, these restaurants are fancy when they only have one word in the name. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, but the full name of Todd's Tasties was Todd's Tasties, Todd's Tasties Tantalizing Treats and To Goes uh, was the know. was the official name, and it was just absolutely like a tongue in cheek backlash against the one word name. That's funny. That's very funny. Um, I I don't. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but I have a predilection for restaurants with bad names. Jacob, you broke the ice, so we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first of all, why don't we describe your concepts and your food and a little bit of your love of food and where that comes from? Because Table and All Day Darling, which Todd's kind of turned into All Day Darling, um, mm -hmm. they are two very different uh, settings, different menus. Can you describe them each in a few words for us? Sure, yeah. Um, table was concept and it opened when I was 27. Okay. Um, Alicia, my business partner, and I opened it with Matt Dawes, who's the chef and owner at um, Bull and Beggar and Baby Bull. Um, it is a seasonal New American. It's very much of the time of that place. Um, it's with the kind of food and restaurant that I came up in. Um, even the new version, it's 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 made to feel. It's built to feel like downtown New York in. 2000 1999 2000 to 2003 really signified when restaurants made the move away from glitz and glamour to a downtown chef owned feel that really marked that time in um in food and beverage in 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 america you know uh, restaurants were up until that point were a very corporate affair or they were a very moneyed affair. Really, the small chef-driven restaurant, that whole concept didn't really exist before about 1998, 99. Um, and so that's what Table was for us. It's a seasonal New American. 
if, if I had to boil it down to as few words as possible, it's a seasonal restaurant that is of its place and everything we use comes from somebody I know. That is a great way to boil that down. And that that's part of you guys and a, a handful of others in downtown, you and Alicia, um, you really did set the bar for Asheville, like the food scene in Asheville. Asheville, of course, a very small, fairly sophisticated city, these days full of world-class restaurants, but surrounded by farms on all sides. And yeah. Farm to table became a thing, like somebody coined that phrase on the Food Network or wherever, and then everybody wanted to do it. And I feel like here in Asheville, the farms and the city are right next to each other. So that's a great way to describe it. There's a a uniqueness to Western North Carolina that's been indicative or, uh, I guess, the influence of what food is here forever. Uh, Well, no, bad. Back up. not forever right. since <laughs> since colonization uh, since colonization thank you right. um you know our topography um the structure of the land here um precludes any large scale farming um and so european culture from the beginning here established a much smaller footprint than elsewhere in the south especially and it plays out today. You know, our our food scene in Asheville is the way it is because the topography doesn't allow for large farming. So the bulk of our farmers are growing on a small scale. And so they're not selling monoculture cropping to giant corporations. It The land just lends itself felt self better to the small 10 acre or smaller farm that's really the only thing you can really do on that kind of land is subsistence farming or just farming enough to sell at the green market or to a couple restaurants. So that, that really does influence our farm to table scene here in this town, which is super cool. It's amazing. It's, it's one of the greatest things about living here is that you do know where your food comes from. And and like you said, a lot of times, even a person like me, you actually know the people who grow it, like you know their names yeah. and stuff. So yeah. it's yeah. pretty yeah. cool. And when I travel, I go to New York City, uh, Detroit, uh, down Florida, and the food is great. We, I mean, the food camp, it, it's amazing. But we can't wait to get back to Asheville where we know where the food comes from. Um, yeah. So, Jacob, that's table. Now, what about All Day Darling? I had a meal so, there last week or two weeks ago. That was just awesome. I loved it. I love your restaurants, by the way. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, Stu. I know you do. Um, All Day Darling is a neighborhood restaurant. Uh, you know, it's the neighborhood restaurant that any but that I felt like I wanted. You know, prior we had Todd's Tasties. We opened Todd's Tasties in 2008, and it was the neighborhood restaurant that I thought fit that time. Um, and we grew out of it. And Asheville grew out of it. Montford grew out of it. I grew out of it. All Day Darling is a restaurant that you can go to every day. Whether you're getting a cup of coffee, you're getting a cookie, you're getting breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever it is. It's a restaurant you can go to every day. There's not a lot of pretension to it. It's good food. It's simple. You can eat a hamburger or you can eat a salad. Um, The idea was like, if you got a breakfast meeting, you can go there. If you just got out of yoga, you can go have a smoothie. If you're hungry, you can have a hamburger. I mean, it it follows my philosophy as far as food and cooking goes. Um, you know, we make every single thing we use there. We we go to the trouble to bake every piece of bread or whatever we're we're using um, to build that menu. 
but it's it's simple food. It's a cafe. It's a it's it's it it needs to be somewhere that's perfectly comfortable to go two or three times a day every day. Absolutely. And of course, that's exactly what I did. You you just described life in Asheville. You can go there for a meeting. You can go there after yoga class. You can get a burger, a salad or a smoothie. That's like that's what's going on in downtown Asheville for the most yeah, part. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I went for a meeting and I had an egg sandwich with bacon and a wonderful aioli of some kind that was on there, like an herb aioli or something. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, and a, and a blueberry muffin and a cup of coffee. So just as you said, simple but super duper delicious. Like one bite of this sandwich, and I was like, oh god, I love all day darling. Um, but, <laughs> all right. So those are your two concepts that have been here for a while. You mentioned a couple others that ha- are still around, like Imperial Life, and then the uh, taco shop that's not around. But let's move on to a couple to three that are in the works. They haven't opened yet. But there's a brand yeah, yeah, new, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, brand new slash super old hotel about to open up. The hotel is a new concept. The building is super old down in the River Arts District. They've rehabbed one of the giant old sort of factory buildings down there. And there's going to be a cafe, a restaurant, and a rooftop. And Jacob, yeah, I, if you don't mind, I will let you say the names of these places. Great. No problem. No problem. Yeah. So I've been working with my partners on this project now for their, since 2019. Um, they actually, we reopened the new version of Table together. Um, we have a couple other buildings, properties that we're working on for the next round of projects. Um, but we have been working on design and concept and implementation of the hotel in the River Arch District. Um, the hotel is called The Radical. Um, it's a 70-room hotel. Uh, it's very design and art oriented. It's, um, you know, our design team and our ownership group has really pushed a, a fun, eclectic, interesting, art oriented property. Um, it's cool. It's different. There's a lot of craziness going on. And I think it's going to be, it's really unique and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome to have this property, both the hotel and the food and beverage outside of downtown. You know, it's really the first hospitality project outside of downtown of any remarkable, from any remarkable standpoint, with the exception of maybe the Inn on Biltmore. Mm. Um, Food and beverage wise, uh, we have a lot of going on, just like you said. We have three main concepts in the building. We have uh, the roof at the Radical, um, which is a rooftop bar, large capacity rooftop bar, much larger than most of our competition in that space. Although I don't really like using the word competition, but um, let's say your, your most... other rooftop comrades. Yeah, exactly. Um, it'll hold about 125 people. It's big. Uh, it's nice. great. Um, and pretty much from anywhere on the rooftop, you are West facing. So you're looking out over the river, mm-hmm. you're looking out over the train tracks and the rest of the river arts district. So sunset Beautiful. there is going to be awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um yeah. And that's going to be a, a fun environment. Drinks are fun, fast flowing. We've got a, a, a bar concept there kind of centered around uh, pre-batch draft cocktails so we can serve and go. Um, I want that to be a fast paced place where it's easy to get a drink. If you're popping up for sunset and you want to get a drink and run, we need to be able to accommodate that. Okay. Uh, simple, uh, simple menu of food, snacks, sandwiches going on up there. Uh, that's mostly going to be an afternoon and evening venue. We okay. will likely 
we will likely open it for daytimes in the in, on the weekends when the season rolls around. You know, unfortunately, we're coming in on an opening that's going to put us at at you know squarely in the middle of fall, which will be great. But it means that the rooftop may not have the best access after the first couple of weeks of opening as we move into winter. But next spring, look for daytime hours there. Um, the entry of the hotel has uh, our cafe concept. Um, it's called Afterglow. It is a uh, coffee, light breakfast, pastry venue in the mornings, much like All Day Darling. Um, a little bit more casual, I would say, a little bit more geared towards a hangout space. Um, daytime hours is going to have a light breakfast menu, light lunch menu, uh, full coffee program from Cowder Culture, um, and smoothies, that kind of vibe. Uh, yes. Afternoon. Afternoon, it converts to a kind of down-tempo cocktail lounge. Nice. More apt, more apt with the name Afterglow for what's happening in the afternoon and evening there than in the morning. But you know what? Sometimes in the morning, we're in that afterglow phase, I suppose. I, I thought um, it was actually named after, like, <laughs> a, once you've had a night on the roof drinking, you got that afterglow in the morning and you need to take a little yeah. caffeine. To... You need some fun. You need some fucking coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the afternoon will be great. We're kind of, it's, it's a, it is a afterglow will be a DJ focused bar, um, which I think is going to be really cool. You know, we're trying to program with DJs with kind of down tempo Latin jazz, um, uh, down tempo electronic uh, cocktail menu. That's written to kind of be part of that. Think espresso martinis and maybe some like, uh mellow chai uh warm chai based drinks um spirit super spiritous cocktails nice. uh but that space is that space is really for chilling um it's the entry to the hotel but um it's super design heavy in there in the entry um lots of nice low loungy furniture um kind of moody um but we would really want the the goal with that concept is that it really sets the tone of the hotel itself. Okay. Um, and then it is, it's, I'm sorry. And oh, then there's a bigger, there's like a, a regular restaurant too. I'm sorry. I just, yeah, there's a full service restaurant. Okay. Full service restaurant is, is um, technically on the third floor. It's kind of nestled in the middle of the hotel. Okay. That restaurant is that, that restaurant is called golden hour. Okay. Um, as the dining room kind of the linear dining room kind of focuses on the back West facing windows so sunset in that dining room is going to also be pretty fantastic um it also is a reference to i'm sorry you uh, broke up there jacob can you repeat that yeah yeah that's my dog barking um it's also a reference to the 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 concept of the of the, that restaurant itself the the restaurant is centered around a big custom wood-fired grill um okay. It's it's a it's a it's a, a pub and chop house house menu that's going to be um, all prepared on a, this really fantastic um, custom made wood grill that I had made by a guy named Chris Demant in Atlanta. Um, check him out. His his company is called Grills by Demant, and they're awesome. it's fantastic. So it's gonna be it's gonna be real like um, the menu is a. A, a chop house half the menu is like you're you're kind of builds from a standard chop house format with center of the plate proteins both small and large we're really pro, we're really pushing that large family style 
um, center of the table menu programming with lots of vegetables, of course, lots of local vegetables from the same farmers that I use everywhere. Uh, and then the other half of the menu is more like a pub or tapa style uh, focus. Lots of little skewers, lots of little bite-sized things coming out of the kitchen, both fried, raw, um, and and roasted. It's really going to be fun. The menu is built off of kind of a southern format, so we're looking we're looking at southern old southern recipes to build the basis of a lot of the items. They're not going to read like southern food. You're not going to come in and be like, oh, fried green tomatoes or whatever. But um, we're trying to pull from history a little bit as we build each dish from sauce profile or or spicing profile, if you will. Um, but it's fun, and we have a great team. Um, executive chef is Chris Heath. He comes to us by way of the Grove Park recently, um, but years in the um, in, in the Ritz Carlton world. Oh wow! And um, executive sous chef is Lauren Massalero. Um, she was uh, chef de cuisine for many years at Cucina Twenty Four. Oh. She's worked with me at Table and All Day Darling. She owned and operated a restaurant in Florida called Reading Room, where she was. She got a James Beard nomination a few years back. Nice. Um, she's got a, a really wonderful r- wide breadth of um, uh, a culinary backbone. Uh, we're I'm really excited about the team. We have some. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we are launching a full um, bakery program. So all breads, pastries, the, the whole nine for that kind of thing is coming out of out of our house, which is really exciting. I think. Fantastic. Um, it all sounds great. I mean, you said a bunch of my favorite words like chop house <laughs> and uh, fried and uh, one bite. <laughs> uh, and so I, I'm excited for the restaurant concepts. Uh, I have been doing some staycations in the area, so maybe I'll even stay at the hotel one time, uh, Don and I. Um, but uh, it sounds like you're really um, focusing in on having some great i don't know what i'm trying to say jacob you, you're making some good eats for the people you're not just like putting some fancies <laughs> on a plate and saying like oh enjoy some sprouts and some foam uh you're doing not, some steaks not at all baked goods and stuff and i i'm excited but even more surprising to me and maybe this will surprise you too i got nothing but positive response when I made a post about the new hotel. Um, and I know that oh, wow. you, know, you, you have a good following here in Asheville. So people are excited about that, but usually the locals are so hateful about new hotels. Uh, and I was surprised. And I think that part of it is the location not being right downtown, the building itself, which was a derelict for decades instead of a brand new, hideously ugly concrete monolith in the middle of town or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. And the three concepts very much, including the rooftop. And Jacob, this leads me back to your, did you name the rooftop bar, the roof? Was that you? Was that your call? No, 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 no. I didn't. There's, I had some, I, I, I worked with, our designers and my and our ownership to name name the concepts, but everything was a joint effort, including the name of the hotel. Right. Um, Just you giving know, you a little grief we, about that, about the rooftop bar being named the roof. Uh, <laughs> oh, you quoted look. me. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I said, look, uh, look, look, look. <sighs> I I can have my own opinions about things, but as I've grown older. 
and I've moved to a phase in my career where it's not just me. It takes yeah. some work, you know. You got You got to be like, you know, I love, I love your input. Let's go with your input. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and ultimately, and we've I'm, all. I, go ahead. And, and I'm, I'm all for it. You know, like I sure. have these ideas of what I think is cool, and I've like built my career on what I think is cool or what I think is going to work. But the more I've worked with a broader group of people, the more I've learned. Like, you know, I don't know any better than the next person. There you go. Um, but yeah. yeah, I'm really astonished, Stu. To be quite, to be quite honest with you, like the 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 feedback that I'm getting on the hotel is very positive, and I think it's great, and I'm proud to be part of it. And I'll tell you why I'm proud to be part of it. I've been working with the ownership group since they started the process. And the reception to making this a project that focuses on um, local artists and local local artisans has always been there. So we have a building full of local arts that is supporting the district in and of itself. Of course, it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, it's 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 going to sh- shift the economics of the region. But w- we have done our part to focus as much um, work and dollars staying in Asheville as opposed to building a corporate, like you said, monolith. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, our our GC is a local GC. Almost every one of our Finnish workers that's doing any sort of interesting uh, artisan building inside the hotel is a local builder. They're friends of mine. They're friends of everybody else in town it's it's great it's it's i I am proud to be part of that and i'm happy that i i am i am happy that other people are noticing that yeah it made me happy too because uh you know i'll be a hater right among everybody else but i get tired of it i get tired of the negativity in Asheville. Asheville's got sort of a self-image problem right now and so I was really happy to see that the locals, people I know, people whose opinions I, I admire about food and such, were excited about this concept. Now, you you and I have said the word local about a million times during this uh, <laughs> conversation. And you and I had a little bit of a conversation before I started to record about how uh, I've known you for a long time. And when the when the chefs get bigger and bigger and bigger, y'all start to work with other people and hire PR companies. And eventually your PR companies will write to me as if I've never heard of you. So I did get a note from a PR <laughs> company that was like, Stu, we'd like to introduce you to Jacob Sessoms. He's owner of Table, la-di-da. Maybe he could come on your podcast. And I was like, awesome. Jacob sounds really interesting. And I'm like, yeah. Um, but one thing, and I, I, I mentioned this to your PR company, actually, is that their press release, which was about three or four paragraphs long, did not have the word local in it at all. And so I, that uh, I know how hateful the locals can be. So I was like, ah, oh, they better. They're an Atlanta company or maybe a Charlotte. I'm not sure where they're out of, but I was like, they better get a grip on what Asheville's like. Um, and so gently, I, I just said, I didn't see the word local in your press release. Is your venue for locals or just for your customers? You know, I tried to be nice about it. Oh, good input. Um, good input. Thank you. They were like, Thank oh, it's for locals. Yeah, because you you know as well as I do, Jacob, that as soon as these locals turn on you, it's like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. they're so mm-hmm. hateful. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and I love them. I'm one of them, you know. But, yeah, we're a fickle city. And if we – here it yeah. is. If we feel left out, we get our feelings hurt, 
and we start yep. to feel like other people are eating our lunch and then yep. we get upset and angry about it. And that's probably yep. a story all over the world with locals and that in a city that's growing. Our city is growing so much and we are going through some growing pains. Um, Stu, Jay- Stu, you know, when uh, an anecdote, when I opened table in 2005, the article written in the Citizen Times, maybe it was a Mountain Express, just can't remember, before they came to meet me, said something about uh, New Yorker opens first restaurant in Asheville. <laughs> I, I was like, man. No, number one, I was like, oh, that's cool. But then number yeah. two, I was like, what is it? You could have at least called me and been like, where are you from? <laughs> uh, you know, I went to well, where. Where are you from, been, Jacob? Uh, I'm from Nashville. Okay. Um, right. so far, that's far away me. from New York. <laughs> I grew up in Nashville. I moved to Asheville in 1994. Okay. I went to Warren Wilson College. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Warren Wilson College. I moved to New York City after college to go to culinary school for a year. And then I moved back to Asheville. So essentially, <laughs> oh, I've lived in Nashville for 30 years. And they hung the New Yorker tag around your neck. And, and this was a long time ago. This was 18 years ago when people were especially like New York City, get a New rope. New York City. Yeah, get a rope. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's that's a great anecdote. And that's exactly like Asheville. You, uh, and of course, I'm sure that your own PR company was like local chef, uh, Jacob Sessoms. Like, I'm sure that when you were first starting table, or maybe you can tell me, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but when you were first starting table, did you work with a local PR company? Did you do it all yourself? And did you I did, pipe the I didn't local know what, aspect? I didn't know what PR meant. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> okay. So just completely new at it. Just uh, you're out of culinary school, so you're basically. Uh, I went to art school, so it's kind of analogous. You're out of the creative part, and you're thrown into the business part, and you have oh, yeah, no idea what yeah. you're doing. So I was twenty. I was twenty-eight the day table opened. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at all. I just wanted to cook food, and then honestly, the week I opened the restaurant, I was like, "Oh shit, what have I done?" Uh, Jacob, um, brother, we're running out of time, but. Um, I just enjoy talking to you so much and I love everything you're doing. Um, let's just take care of business a little bit. When, okay, okay. The, when is the projected opening of the, of the radical? And I know that that's kind of soft and squishy, but when are you guys hoping? Yeah. To open? We will open in October. Okay. Um, that exact date I can't put out front right now. We'll be doing a grand opening for the whole property on the 26th of October. We'll be scheduling soft openings for the for the food and beverage concepts somewhere in the month of october and you will you will know because you'll have an invite all right thank you jacob i love to hear that of course um and what are your current hours i know hours are so boring for anybody who doesn't live in Asheville listening to this but i want the people of Asheville to know when they can come to the table when they can come to all day darling no problem uh table is a seven nights a week at 5 p.m we serve uh, cocktails and bar food until midnight every night. Um, All Day Darling is open seven days a week, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. every day. 
Fantastic. Those are great hours. Um, the, Seven days a week are yeah. like my four favorite words in the English language. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, 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 the concepts in the hotel, Golden Hour will be serving dinner seven nights a week Okay. at 5 p.m. We're going to be doing a, a Saturday and Sunday brunch at 10. Mm, love it. Um, after, Afterglow, we'll, be, we'll do the coffee pastry light menu from 7 a.m. till 3 p.m. Uh, and be, you know, convert to the cocktail lounge around 3 or 4. Great. And the roof will be open seven days a week at 4 p.m. Dude, uh, your new nickname is Jacob Seven Days a Week Sesums from now you on. You know, as hard as it is to, to to open at seven days a week from a staffing standpoint, mm-hmm. um, I, I believe the service to the community is more is better at seven days a week. That way, you know we're open. You don't Dude. have to be like, ah, shit. which is their day closed? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? I don't remember. Just yeah. be, it, It's better if you're just open. Oh my God. That is this music to my ears, Jacob music to my ears. <laughs> I'm an hours queen. And I, the the seven days a week, I don't even care if it's brief hours, like 8am to 2pm or whatever, as long as it's seven days a week, you know, and yeah, and, I, yeah. and people have to do their own thing because staffing is an issue. You know, there's all kinds yeah, of yeah. thousand moving parts and pieces to a restaurant. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Jacob, I, I don't even want to say goodbye, but it's been great talking to you. And um, thanks to Thanks for everything you do for this town, man. I appreciate you. Oh, man, you too. Stu, I appreciate you. You know that. And thanks very much. Sure thing, Jacob. Have a great day. Bye. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Folks, I just want to remind you that Western North Carolina is one of the hunger hotspots of America. Although we might think of Asheville as Food City, USA, there are a lot of folks who live in and around here who are dealing with food insecurity on a daily basis. So if you can, please give to Mana Food Bank. Mana has been providing food to the people of Western North Carolina for 40 years. They do a great job, and they are a wonderful organization. So again, if you're able, please go to manafoodbank.org. That's M-A-N-N-A, manafoodbank.org, and give what you can to help out fighting hunger here in Western North Carolina. And now, back to the show. All right, everybody, let's get back to the rest of the show, the second half of the show. Thanks, Jacob, for stopping in and saying hi. And now I have a bunch of reviews I want to do for you of a bunch of stuff I ate. And uh, let me uh, let me do them in alphabetical order. Why don't I do that? Uh, let's start with the numbers. I went to 67 Biltmore Downtown Eatery and Catering right on Biltmore Ave, as suggested by the name also right downtown as suggested by the name and uh i had one of my favorite things for one thing 67 offers a half a sandwich and i love that about them sometimes i'm not most of the time as a matter of fact i'm not hungry enough for a whole sandwich i just want half a sandwich most of the time i'd just be buying the sandwich and bringing the other half home or by eating the whole sandwich and being like really full, like too full, pretty much. But with uh, with sixty seven, I get a chance to just enjoy a whole a half a sandwich, some potato chips, and a pickle, and be done, and not be carrying a bag around for the rest of the day. And the other day, I was downtown because I was about to do a food tour with Asheville Food Tours, and uh, 
I was hungry and I had some time, but I wasn't I wasn't ready to just get stuffed and then do a tour because for one thing, even though I don't usually eat on the tours, sometimes the chefs push food at me on the food tours and I don't mind that one bit, but I got to make sure I'm not already stuffed to the gills. So I went to 67 and I got one of my favorite things, the Shazam Witch, which is basically a fried chicken sandwich with some slaw on it. And it's real good. It's very tasty. It's all natural piece of chicken and all that stuff. And it comes with some potato chips, some kettle chips, and a pickle. It comes with dill pickle. And it's real good. And I recommend it very highly. And it hit the spot. And it was just what I needed. Uh, it was just exactly the right amount of food. And you know what? I I ate every single speck of food on the plate. Like I crushed it all, which is your goal, right? Like you don't want to throw food away. You don't want food waste. You want to crush it. And I did. So congratulations to 67 Biltmore for offering half sandwiches. If I could encourage other places to offer smaller portions for a smaller price, that would be great. All right. Alphabetically, we're moving on to All Souls Pizza. Uh, it's a family favorite. Dawn loves it. Uh, and it's right in our neighborhood. And I love it too. So anytime Dawn wants to go, we are going. And she flew into town last week. She lives in Florida for about six months of the year. She flew into town last week. My nephew picked her up at the airport. And then they came and they grabbed me. And we went to All Souls Pizza right down the street from where we live. It's a little further than just right down the street, but whatever. Uh, and we got a wonderful couple of pizzas, but let's not talk about those right now because those are, we all know the pizza from All Souls is great and still great after all these years. And we loved it. But let's talk about, we ordered some shrimps and we ordered some salt and pepper shrimps, they were called. And they were battered and deep fried. We didn't know that. Uh, unfortunately, Don can't eat deep fried food, but I, I picked all of the the deep fried parts off of the outside of a couple of them for her. But anyways, I can eat deep fried food. Nephew can eat deep fried food. And so we, we crushed them and they were fantastic. So if they're still on the menu, get them. Here's the thing about them. They were battered and deep fried with the shells on. And so unless you wanted to do some microsurgery, trying to pull a deep fried shell off of a shrimp, which is really hard to do, but I did it anyway, anyways, for my beloved Don. Um, but you don't, unless you want to do that, you're eating the shells. Like that's what you're doing. And I don't normally do that. That's not a thing I, I'm accustomed to, but crunch, crunch, crunch. They were super good. So thank you. All souls pizza for introducing me to kind of a, new concept i wasn't i guess it wasn't brand new to me because i wasn't like shocked or anything but pretty new uh and it was delish so thank you and um all right alphabetically we're moving on to uh bargello or bargello i'm not sure how to pronounce it it's a an italian word that is has something to do with needlepoint Holy moly. I was talking to Jacob about the names of like the, the rooftop bars called the roof at the new radical hotel, which is called the radical because it's in the rad, the river arts district. So the names that people come up with, I don't know, I guess names aren't all that important. 
But Bargello refers to a kind of Italian needlepoint. I'm not sure what the heck that has to do with a restaurant. But boom, there you go. Let's talk about it. It's in the uh, it's on the first floor of the giant Eris Hotel, the biggest hotel right down smack dab in the middle of downtown Asheville. What used to be the BB&T building, uh, a.k.a. the Death Star is what people called it when I moved here in 2005. It looks totally different today than it did when I got here. When I got here, it was a matte black glass monolith, basically like pretty much featureless piece of modern architecture. It really stood out in the middle of downtown. And uh, and then in, I think, 2019, it was stripped down to the girders and uh, completely redone. So now it's the luxury Eris Hotel. And it has a bar and a restaurant on the first floor. The bar is called District 42. The restaurant's called Bargello. And I went to breakfast at Bargello the other day. And I just met with the manager of the hotel, a really awesome guy that I've known for a long time named David. And uh, I know David from when he was at the Aloft. And they're all part of the same chain. So David's been at the Aloft and the AC and the Eris, the Kimpton Eris Hotel. The Kimpton Hotel Eris, I think it's called. I don't know these names. These names really drive me crazy a little bit. But um, so David's an awesome guy. I met him for breakfast and I had basically just bacon, eggs, taters, sausage and uh, biscuit or toast, I believe. And it was great. You know, it was like it, it, it was exactly what I just described. And I would go there for breakfast anytime if I was working downtown and needed to get breakfast, it seems like a very logical choice. There was plenty of room. Breakfast came out quickly. It was exactly what I expected it to be, and it was great. So go to breakfast uh, at the Bargello if you have time, or if you're inclined to need some quick uh, service and some good breakfast in downtown, uh, especially if you work downtown. And I haven't I'm going to, I got like the most basic thing on their menu and I'll go back and eat some of the more exciting things off of their breakfast menu, but I'll also go back for dinner and try it. Now it's been there for now four years, uh, something like that, or three years. And this, and I've never eaten there. So I'll give it a try. Um, uh, Bargello um, on the first floor of the Kimpton Hotel Eris in downtown Asheville. Give it a try for breakfast. Of course, on the ninth floor of the AC Hotel is Capella on Nine, and they are also open for breakfast. And that's also that that is a wonderful place to start your day. Actually, the the food is really good, and the views can't be beat. And if you're up there for breakfast, you're going to see pretty much the mist rise off of the city from above the mist itself, and that should be pretty exciting to see. Um, all right, alphabetically going. Uh, let's talk about Buxton Hall barbecue. I know I talk about it a lot. I a, a lot. I uh, at one point uh, someone accused me of being on the payroll. I talk about it so much, and I can tell you, I am not on the payroll at Buxton Hall barbecue. Uh, they did send some uh, shishito peppers my way uh, that I didn't order the last time I was in there, and so I guess you could say I got paid in shishito peppers. But they were real good, and you wouldn't have to pay me to rave about these shishitos. In fact, I, this was just earlier today. I was there for lunch, and the shishitos were – so they're still on the menu is what I'm saying. Go and get them. They were cooked to death, and so they were very soft and very easy to eat, had sort of a, a little bit of a 
char on the outside or a little bit of a grill mark on the outside. And they came with a sweet pepper jam on the bottom and an Alabama sauce to dip them in. And they were fantastic, fantastic. And about a week ago, I went to Buxton Hall and I got a jalapeno popper side. And like that, it was a side dish of jalapeno poppers. And they came out, it was two, two jalapeno peppers, but they were huge. They were like the biggies. And man, they were, they were bad. They were breaded and deep fried, stuffed with sour cream. And they were really, really good. Maybe the best jalapeno poppers I've ever had. And for all of my meats and stuff on both of those visits, I got at the first one with the poppers, I got some pastrami and the pastrami was excellent. Just melted in my mouth. I ate about half of it, brought the rest home, popped it in the toaster oven the next day. Zing. It was awesome. It was just melty and delicious. And, uh, and I got also got with the, um, the shishitos came, I, for myself, I ordered a combo plate. So it was pork brisket, uh, rice with hog hash, or they call it meat gravy now. I think they're trying not to scare people away from the hog hash by calling it meat gravy. And uh, and uh, what else did I get? Oh, some watermelon. Beautiful watermelon with some chili rub on it. And it was great. It was great. The brisket at Buxton Hall is awesome. And I, I love their pulled pork. It's very moist, very stringy, very delicious. But the brisket was a standout. So next time I go, I think I'll probably just get the brisket plate. So Buxton Hall, still awesome. If you haven't been in a while, I know that Chef Elliot Moss has moved on and maybe you think that Buxton has lost some of its appeal or some of its shine or some of its awesomeness. I'm here to tell you it has not. I am still a fan. I go often. I know the new chef, his name is Nick, and Nick is a great chef. In fact, you all might know Nick, whether you know or know it or not, if you were a fan of Nani's rotisserie chicken, because Nick was the head chef over there. He went over to Buxton when Elliot left and coincidentally Nani shut down. And as you know, chef Marwani Rani is the common factor in all of those things. And so Nick is the new chef executive over at Buxton hall and he's born and raised in the South. And his food is awesome. Like he cooks his mother's recipes and stuff just great stuff. And he's got his own recipes, of course, too. So don't sleep on Buxton Hall. If you were a fan of Elliot Moss, believe me, I am too. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to eat the delicious food at Buxton Hall Barbecue. All right, well, let's take a little musical interlude, and then we'll come right back, and I'll wrap up my alphabetic reviews of what I ate since last week. All right, y'all, let's wrap this show up with a couple more reviews, and then I'll say goodbye. First of all, let's talk about a brand new concept, a brand new thing. It's not exactly a restaurant called Rebel Burger. Now, this is, a, as far as I can tell, a two-person operation, and it is a chef that you might know, local chef named Christian, and another guy named Ali, and they have teamed up and they are working together to do Rebel Burger. And it seems to be a pickup and delivery only ghost kitchen type of thing 
working out of a commissary kitchen in Haw Creek, I believe, and delivering anywhere, according to Christian. And uh, uh, they have a very limited menu. They have a burger. They have a bowl, like a healthy bowl with rice and green things and cabbage and stuff. And then they have some French fries and two beverages available. Uh, one of them is a local kombucha, and the other is, I think, a national brand seltzer water, something like that. And uh, they reached out to me. I saw this concept, and I was like, that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, like, the burger looks awesome. Double patty, American cheese running down the sides, and brioche bun just looks awesome. And I was like, that's, I like this concept. And and it's uh, relatively cheap. It's uh very affordable if you ask me even with the delivery fee and then of course there would be a tip so the price goes up but that's there's tipping at restaurants too and so it i thought it was affordable let me just say that um and i got they contacted me they asked me if i want to try it i know christian from past events and stuff and i was like yeah hell yeah and they sent me one of everything and it was great. I can tell you 100%. The first thing I tucked into, well, the first thing I ate was a French fry because I have a I have a potatoes first rule. A, a taters first thing. Anytime there's potatoes or taters involved, I'm eating those first. That's my rule for myself. It's my potato-y palate cleanser. But anyways, um, yeah, I ate a French fry. It was great. Still crispy, even though it was cooling down. And I could have I like zinged them in the toaster oven for a minute to crisp them up had I wanted to, but they were fine. And uh, then I ate some of the bowl. Unexpected, right? Like Stu tucks into the bowl before the burger. But I just wanted to get a taste of this fresh. It looked delicious. And it was huge. And, uh, and it was delicious. It was very different, like flavorful, like there's something going on in there that I was unfamiliar with flavor-wise, like some spice from another land or something. Um, and it was great. I enjoyed it very much. Did I finish it? No, it was like a whole week's worth of produce for me. But uh, the burger, I cut it in half. It looked great on the inside, just as good on the outside. And I ate half of it, thinking I'd save the other half for the next day. I ate the whole dang thing. It was amazing. So, yeah, uh, it was great. It, what was so great about it was that it did the thing that I really loved, that it combined the familiar and the different. That's something I just really love out of life. And it was a very familiar smash style burger with melted American cheese and pickles and all of that stuff. But it had some sort of, again, some sort of spice, uh, maybe Korean spice or something in there that just made it a little bit different, but not different enough to be weird in this case. And it was awesome. So high recommends for Rebel Burger. I think just rebelburger.com ought to get you where you need to go and tell them that Stu sent you. Uh, and then just quickly, the U-joint. I went there with my buddy Scott over there in West Asheville. Again, I got a burger. I got the one called the Steinbeck. It was great. It's one of my favorite things to get at the U-joint. 
So I recommend that you join. There's two of them, one in Greenville, one in Asheville, I believe. That's the only two there are, and it's great. And folks, running right up hard against the clock. So thank you for listening to the show. Thank you, Chef Jacob Sessoms, for being on the show. Thank you, WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville broadcasting the world for taking my humble podcast and turning it into a radio broadcast. I think that's pretty cool. Find me on social media. I'm Stu Helm, food fan on Facebook, Instagram, and Substack. And if you eat something good, let me know about it. Bye.